0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. We have a really deep show planned today. It's a very uh, sensitive show. I've been praying about it all week. Didn't know if I was gonna be talking about it on the program today. Um, And I literally just committed to talking about it on the program yesterday. Um, We had a whole nother show uh, planned, uh, but this is uh where i feel the lord has wanted us to talk about it's about psychedelics it's about you know some things that happened this week uh, i'm going to talk about even a little bit about um before i was saved uh my uh s- psychedelic experience and and how psychedelic experiences are actually <laughs> trust me you're going to believe me by the end of this show are, are contributing to the cultural breakdown of my generation because millions uh and i and that's not that is a con- that is not an exaggeration, that's not sensationalism. Millions and millions of people are um, taking uh, psychedelics that you, if you're over the age of 55, have probably never even heard about unless you run around in these types of circles. So I need to do a little housekeeping up, up top and then we're just gonna jump right into it. I had, uh, uh, with Bellers here, I call him Bellers, Andrew Bellers. We had a great lunch this week with. Um, a partner of ours named Stan, and Stan and and his his awesome son named Jeff, and so Stan has been a faithful partner of this ministry, and many of you know him if you also used to tune into uh, the Jim Baker show because he built that beautiful staircase. That's what he does for a living um, in in what is called Lori's home, the home where they 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 save babies, women that don't want to have an abortion and um, but they can't afford it, come and stay at this beautiful massive home called Lori's home and they pay for everything all their medical expenses and you know he built that beautiful staircase so we were having lunch this week, and I was not expecting a donation from him honest to the Lord I was not because um, we have lunch together you know a few times every year and he said Zach I want to give you a donation of 2,000 and I want it to be a match can you do that and I said yeah I would love to he goes how are things going I said well you know if you ask I'll tell you <laughs> I said you know in the last six months I said we're down this last six months, we're down about uh, right at $11,000 uh, compared to where we were the last uh, six months prior to that. And, uh, you know, people thank me for my transparency. Um, so I'll go ahead and tell you too. That's also accounting for a totally unexpected $10,000 check that came in about two months ago. So we would have been about 20 grand down for the year. Um, so right now we're down around 11000 and Stan is going to match, just to help us through this season. Uh, it's normal. It happens literally every single summer. It's like clockwork, uh, to get us through. And someone always stands in the gap for us. So thank you, Stan. Um, so anything up to two thousand dollars this week will be matched by Stan. I'm hoping someone just feeling radically generous. And we can just get through that that ten or eleven grand that we're down. Hey, uh, yeah. So just go to zachdrewshow.com and you know you know how to do it. You can donate. You can donate. All right, here we go. I feel heavy uh, about this show. Um, Yeah. I've been feeling heavy all week about it, uh, in the spirit, because I'm naturally a heavy dude anyway. Uh, (laughs) But I've been feeling heavy. But I've actually lost a bunch of weight too. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I don't know. I get these rabbit trails in my brain. ADHD. (laughs) Um, And like I said, I didn't know if I was going to talk about it. And I just can't get away from it. And I do feel a lot better today. I feel honestly whenever I committed to talking about it. Some of my, the pressure I was feeling left. And so I was like, well, you know, sometimes we can just be so dull. M- maybe it was just the Holy Spirit saying, Zach, I, I need you to speak about that this week. You know, leave, leave the biological weapon show on, lay, on the lay, you know, lay for this week and let's get into this. So listen, uh, I went to, I went to a diver party last weekend uh, with a bunch of old high school friends. And so, so I was saved in 2007, um, and at that time, I did, I did not have a single Christian friend in my life uh, before that, truly not a one, I was not saved at that time. So you know, I took a sabbatical after I got saved from all of my buddies for like six months, and, and during that time, I, I became friends with one of my best friends today, which is Joey Babich, who you've seen on the program. You know, I, I, you know I'm, in, I'm in ministry, I have I know thousands of people, uh, but I basically have three uh, close Christian buddies, uh, Joey Babich, uh, my cousin Michael Longbonds, and this guy sitting right here, you know? And people are like, do you want more friends? I'm, no, I got plenty of friends. Like, I don't need a lot of friends. I, I like the friends I have. Um, but listen, so, but after, uh, after those six months after I got saved and had that sabbatical from my, my old high school buddies, what I started doing is I started going back to all of the parties. Um, and even after high school, actually, when I went to work for Jim Baker, I would come home over Christmas and Thanksgiving. And in, and even in my early twenties, you know, whenever I would take a couple of weeks off during the summer, during those times, I would always go back to the parties um, with all my old high school friends. Uh, and, and I was always on a mission. I, loved these guys, and I still do, but I was always on a mission. Uh, I, now, I didn't want to go to their parties and crash it with a bullhorn yelling to repent. I, I didn't want to go about it that way. Now, I went. I would always go in quietly, and I, and I told the Lord that I would talk to people about Him any time I was asked about God and everyone knew i was a devout christian i mean they still all liked me i they all they they voted me for even their prom king my my senior year even though i would carry a bible from class to class and evangelize the kids sitting around me and without fail without fail every party i would um, have someone ask so i would start talking to them and many times it would start with one you know one person and and, and by the end it was five or 10 people and 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 seriously a lot of times it was even more than 10 people and just all sitting and listening jumping into the conversation. I can remember many times the party would die out and things would become quiet and we would still just be there still sitting still talking. I have had many conversations with guys about Christ into the early hours of the morning. I've seen guys nearly instantly sober up and give their life to Christ. I have driven drunk people home, and they are bawling their eyes out in my car, telling me how broken their lives are. And I'm speaking to them and, and praying in my head at the same time that the Holy Spirit would move upon them. So like I said, the diaper party and 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 there were diapers. OK, but it was a party and I went and, and it was a good time. Some of them I hadn't seen in a couple of years. Others, it's been, you know, five, six years, maybe even more. And, and as the party drew on, I was uh, with several guys around a large patio table overlooking the the countryside when someone asked about God. What then happened after that was a very deep two-hour discussion on God, on the gospel of Jesus Christ, on salvation by grace and grace alone. um, They wanted to bring up a lot of other religions. You know, I started talking about also uh, fallen angels and psychedelics were brought up, primarily DMT, other other times referred to as um, ayahuasca. And um, I need to let you know that I, I hate psychedelics. I hate them with a a passion because I had a horrible experience on them. Um, I really don't even, you know, I am such a note guy. I write down all of my notes. And there's so much to this story, so much. And I didn't write any of it out of what I wanted to say today because I just I don't know exactly what parts I want to share and not share, but I can just tell you that whenever I was a junior in high school in 2007, right before I was saved, I had a horrible psychedelic experience and it convinced me in those moments um, that the God of this world, that the majority of the people in my country and throughout the world, you know, the biggest religion being Christianity, that the Christian God is not real and that He's simply the God of this world, but that there's billions of other worlds where He's not the God of. This is simply just, it's all make-believe. Everything is almost essentially a simulation, right? And somebody, I, I've, you know, I've actually, we've been doing this show since 2018, um, so four years. And I've only talked about this one other time, literally once, so this is not something I talk about. Because a lot of people can't handle it. A lot of people, it freaks them out and, um, you know, but psychedelic experiences are very real. It's not like other drugs. It's not like, uh, you know, you take opioids, you're going to, you're going to die. You know, if you you overdose on opioids, right? I mean, you can, now you can overdose on, but there's, it's synthetic. It's uh, bad. It's horrible and it can open you up to things, but psychedelics are a totally different type of drug. It opens you up, it's a gateway to the spiritual realm like no other type of drug where, you know, I'll just get into it. So, this, so it was one evening, it was my birthday weekend. I had just turned 17, yeah, and, uh so we were, I was partying with a couple of friends, and my buddy, you know, started uh, hallucinating, and it was fun. Like, I mean, like, like what I mean, i don't mean like, oh, you know, drugs is fun. And I mean, like, it was all like fun and games. Like, it wasn't like some crazy, horrible, demonic, you know, psychedelic trip. It was just like, he was just hallucinating, and, we, you know, he was actually, at one point in time, he was scared, because he got, he couldn't see the world around him, and he, he, he could see, you know, that he was trapped into a fence, and we had to go and let him out, I mean... You know, you're just freaking out that way. But as the night went on, um, you know, I'm just going to cut right to it. I had a horrible psychedelic experience where I was actually removed from reality. Um, I was no longer in this world. And something that had always terrified me growing up was, and you hear me talk about it all the the time on the show now, it motivates me, the, the concept of eternity. But it used to terrify me to think that, like, what if I am an eternal being, which we all are? Um, What if I'm an eternal being? The concept of eternity absolutely scared me, it terrified me. And I believe that's because if I would have died in those moments where my eternity was. But now it's the very thing that motivates me to think that, like, you know, one year we're going to be 10 billion years old at the 10 billionth, you know, power and understand that our life has just begun. We have all of eternity. We are a mist. We are a vapor. This life is, is so temporal. It's a shadow of but our larger reality. We're going to be somewhere else forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and if you have Jesus Christ, it's, it's a perfect year. We're going to be with Jesus forever. But the concept, it used to make me as a child I would think about eternity until something would click with my, my mind. And I would literally, as a kid, I would vomit. Didn't matter where I was. If I thought about eternity for too long, something would click in my mind and I would vomit. It was that terrifying. And uh, so I'm on a second-like experience and I'm sitting on my stairs and all of a sudden I absolutely and totally leave all of reality. And I don't know if I was actually in outer space or if it was all in my mind. I don't know. It doesn't honestly really matter. but. I left reality, and I am in outer space, and I'm starting to talk to this uh, spirit entity, which you're going to see, it is, th- what I am describing to you is literally what has happened to millions and millions and millions of young people all throughout America. I have an article that talks about um, how millions of people smoke DMT every single week. Or every single year in in America, and 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 this is not a a totally uh, unique experience, and so I'm talking to this entity in space, and uh, and he says to me, "Do you want to see what eternity looks like?" So he literally uses the thing that from my childhood has been uh, an issue of fear, and he's gonna and he's gonna solve it for me. He's gonna solve it for me. And he says, "Do you want to see eternity?" And I said, "Yes." And so we're in space, and he says, "That's eternity." He ports out into space and. You know, it's literally, its a sh- it sounds so insane. It's a shiny white ball. And he says, that's eternity. And, it like you know, almost like a star. And we started zooming in on it, you know, thousands and thousands of times, you know, zooming in zooming in. And it got closer to the ball, became bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden it looked like it had a bunch, it was like made up of like a bunch of like sand almost, like itty bitty circles made up of this giant white ball. We got closer and closer and, and ended up what happening was, uh, what, what ended up happening was that every single one of those little balls was a world, and um, so this solid white ball was made up of billions and billions and billions and billions of worlds. And he said, and "That's e- that's eternity." And he said, "You're in one of those right now, and it's called Earth here. The God that that you have known about." Um, of the, of the Bible and, and his son Jesus that you've heard about, that literally is just here, you know, every single world is different. And when you die from this world, you go to the next world and the next world, and it takes just billions of years to go through it all. And he goes, at the very end, he goes, you do reach a place of a destination where it's a, just kind of a place of peace or a place of torment. He goes, and I, I'm going to let you know, at the end, you do go to the place of torment. And so now it's like, wow, so I'm going to live for billions of years going through all these things, being essentially reincarnated to another life um, with a whole nother set of principles and even what it means to be human. And uh, at the very end, I go to the place of, of torment. And uh, that was the the vision he literally showed me. Um, And I remember that I was in such a prison of fear after that, that I had planned. I had, I, mental illness is real. I understand it, it's very, very real. And I'm sympathetic to those um, depression, and it's so real. Um, I've never, I've never had depression um, in the sense of like, I want to kill myself. Um, I've always been a happy human being, always, my whole life. I'm 31. I love life. I genuinely love life. I love what God has created, that even the the common grace that the believer and the unbeliever can experience in this world, the the common grace, you know, just the sunrises, the sunsets, the beauty, the love, things like family, Mm -hmm. intimacy, all the things that a believer and non-believer, God created all the good things. I love this life. It's an amazing thing. I look forward to the next one, but I, I've never dealt with depression, and so I made a decision that because I had figured out this, the the secrets of the universe, so to speak, that unless something changed really quickly, I was going to kill myself. Yeah, so the experience that people who take DMT have, where they're there, and we're going to talk about it, where they're blasted off, and they have these encounters with these intelligent beings they describe them as being more real than even their real life that's right is that the experience that you had where it felt more real than reality yes i'm glad you asked that and i'm glad you just even yeah so so whenever i came back from that trip i was so terrified that i that i had hidden knowledge that essentially this life wasn't even real i was the only real thing in it I so desperately wanted to go and wake up my mom. I, it, well, actually, I was wanted to go wake up my dad because um, my, my mom was actually sending my brother to ministry school and she was there. I so desperately wanted to go and wake up my dad and tell him everything I had been doing, but I didn't because my dad wasn't real. He wasn't real. What I just saw was real and everything else, and that's why it's like, well, I figured it out, might as well kill myself, get a clean slate, and uh, go to the next world without having this hidden knowledge, so it's not such a burden on me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And and I will share this, I'll share this this part just so that I can let you know. What I did was a few days later, I actually did, I sat down with my parents, and I told them everything I had been doing, and um, I, I, I did not know what was real, I did not know but was not real. And, and so I literally just sat out, I sat out and I said, I have no idea if you are real God anymore. I have no idea. Um, but I'm going to literally put you to the test. And if you are not real, I am going to kill myself. Um, so what I did was I, I started, I started to read the Bible. And I would find verses like "Seek me and you'll find me." If you seek me with all of your heart, and I was, I was in such a place, such a such a place in my mind that it's like it's either real or it's not. It's either real or it's not. There is no in between. And if I and if and if it is real and God doesn't show me it's real, then I'm going to kill myself. I mean, I was literally. It's either real or it's not. You're going to show me if you don't. It's a matter of life or death. And I'm not. I'm not too worried about what it is right now. It's like if it's not, then I'm. I'm going to then what I saw was real, right? And so I started reading verses like seek me and you'll find me if you seek me with all of your heart. So I started thinking, to myself, okay, listen, literal. So there's not any room for 90% of seeking or 99%. No, the word says, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. So it means everything you have. So I thought to myself, okay, God, if you're real, I'm going to literally everything I have for these next few days, I am going to dedicate to you someone that I don't even know if it is is real or not. And so I was in such a horrible, horrible place of fear. I mean, like I would wake up and the moment I would wake up before school, I'd wake up and I would begin to cry because I was, I, it was, it was like imagine like a horrible panic attack that just didn't ever leave. It wasn't like, well start hyperventilating and give it 20 minutes and you're gonna calm down or... You no, know, it was like a panic attack that just never left. Um, and and so I would open my Bible and begin to read. I would I would get ready for school, go to school. And as soon as I go to school, if I had time, I'd read my Bible, study hall, I read my Bible. Anytime the work was done in the class, I'd read my Bible, I'd come home, I'd barely eat any dinner. I'd read my Bible the entire time into bed. Literally, I don't know how many hours that is. I don't know, is that 10 hours? Is that 12 hours? I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, every, essentially every waking hour, I was um, awake. I was in the Word, looking to the Word, looking to the Word, looking to the Word. And and I remember that I reached out. I remember I, I said I didn't have any Christian friends. So I reached out to uh, this girl that I knew was a hardcore Christian. Um, and I said, listen, didn't really even tell her what was going on. I said, I just need, give me like a CD or something like, like, give me some worship music that, like, that is a good, something good. And so she gave it to me. And back in that day, you know, you had to go to the Christian book score, buy the uh-huh. CD, insert it into <laughs> your computer and download it onto your computer. So I would just have it on repeat, 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 repeat all the day as I was reading. And I remember about three days into this, in a, in such a place of horrific fear because of this Horrific salvation, ex- this false salvation experience that I had experienced on psychedelics <clears throat> <coughs> through a psychedelic experience. I'm in my bedroom and I'm, and I'm crying out to God and there's worship going and the door is shut and, and I'm just saying, God, God, you gotta show me. You gotta, show. if you're real, if you're not, you gotta show me. And out of absolutely nowhere, this is how I've always described it, the Holy Spirit came into that room the Holy, God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit came into that room, and it was, it was like, imagine just being in a room with no windows, no light, and then turning on the light, and then turning off just that fast. It was like the the presence of God was in my room, and if it wasn't been any more in the room, I'm sure the walls themselves would have just exploded right out and every single horrible anxiety, panic attack, whatever you want to even call them, it was so spiritually connected. The radical fear of me feeling like I was in a prison of darkness and couldn't find the way out was instantly replaced with a supernatural peace from, not from this world, a joy, a, a love that I could not describe. And I remember that first time, I remember literally screaming in my room and I screamed, God, you're real, you're real. I feel you, God, you're real, you're real. Just like, you're real God, I feel it. And and um, it was the most amazing experience, the most awesome thing that I knew that what I had experienced literally just a week or so before the most realest thing I'd ever had experienced that point being that psychedelic trip into space, that false salvation experience. It, it paled in, cons- in, in comparison to anything of substance that I had in my life to date. And Jesus came in and blew that out of the water. Mm. He came in and blew it out of the water. Absolutely. And the, and the moment that happened actually, it was there for a minute or so, and I'm just, I knew God was real. I knew nothing could ever change my mind. Nothing could ever change my mind. And then the this, this Spirit of God left the room as far as what I could feel and the fear started to come back. And I felt as if the Lord was saying to me, Zach, you know, I'm here, I'm real. You've got to walk this road. I've got some things I've got to teach you. And every few days, that would happen. Uh, The Lord's Spirit would just come upon him, just just an awesome time, an awesome time. And um, that's why I hate psychedelics, I hate them. I was sitting around a table with some of the people that were closest to me before, and they have, you take mushrooms, you're gonna have a trip. I've said it like this before, if five people sitting around all take mushrooms, they're all gonna have psychedelic experiences, but those experiences are all going to be different. But whenever you take smoked DMT, or for those that have actually drank ayahuasca, which DMT is essentially the same thing as ayahuasca, and people, five people have, sit around and, and take it, they're gonna have it insanely similar experience, going to the same places, if they really get to the final, they call it blasting off, if you really get get to the final zone of that, they all see the same things, they all have, they all talk to the same spirit entities, and at the very end, so many of them have a experience with who they see as God. They literally think they're speaking to God. One of my dear friends, you know, told me and I knew this, and, and it's and it's a story I've heard so many times. And he, you know, he told me one time, he said, Zach, I, I met God. God's a woman. And what other people that have studied this thing say is that these this this fake woman God, um, like the people that study psychedelics, they call her mother ayahuasca. And they truly have salvation experiences. And I'm sitting around this table, just doing my absolute best to Convinced them of the word of God, and and I and I looked to one of my buddies and I said, "Listen," he said something, and I said, "Listen," but I got to ask you, because I couldn't say anything, that that they couldn't refute because of the age of postmodernism, mm-hmm. and I said, "Buddy," I said, "If I could show you something in the word of God, right now, that would contradict what you just said, would you still believe?" what you just said, even though it's been proven otherwise right here in the Word, I need to think about it. And that was the moment where it was like it, he had to think about, essentially, in our language, he was choosing, is it the infallible Word of God, or is it ever changing? Is it, is it up for interpretation? And he said, I just can't, I just couldn't believe it. I'd have to believe my own experiences. And that was it. I said, okay. I, we were about an hour and a half in the conversation. I said, listen, I said, with that being said, I said, we can continue this conversation and have a, a, a dynamic spiritual conversation for however long you want to. I said, but from this point forward, I don't think there's a need. I said, because there is now nothing that I can do that, that that can be done by ministering the Word of God that could ever have an effect on you from this point forward we were going to have our separate opinions and we're going to discuss our separate opinions and we're just going to get more locked down to the opinions that we originally held. I said, if you can't say that and I talked to my my I went there with a Christian friend of mine, Michael, my cousin, mm-hmm. and I said. At this point in time, I said the only thing that is going to get through to some of those guys is legitimately a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sometimes Paul in the New Testament, they, they'd go and, and, and minister the gospel and an entire households would just become saved. Other times, like Paul, that wasn't good enough. Jesus literally had to appear to Paul on the road to Damascus.